Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. I just, I'm bored. Gonna start. What plaything can you offer me today? Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Okay, welcome to Cock and Vol Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. And we're back with Group 14. Ex Machina versus Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. We barely talked about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind last time. And that's okay. Because great movies need room to breathe. Definitely. And this is another another great one. And Thomas Howarth is back again from, what's it called, Crit Stormcast? Crit Stormcast, yes. Crit Stormcast, D&D show. So what is your character on that show? I play Pock, a changeling ranger. Ooh, changeling, nice. Yeah. What's he like? Or she like? I've had such a hard time. It's weird. I have other games that I played, as I mentioned before, and those characters have been a lot easier to get into. I'm still kind of figuring Pock out, uh, which is good because he's a changeling <laughs> for one. You know, yeah. he's, he's always kind of shifting. Yeah, it could be part of the personality, right? But um, I think he's he's taken on this kind of protector role. He, he kind of wants to protect everybody around him, but he's not very good at it. <laughs> so. Uh, he, he fumbles a lot and he's got, he's getting closer with one of the other players. Uh, his buddy, his gnome rogue friend, Lemmy, we're kind of fleshing out their experiences together and that's been fun. But yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's awkward in, in public and getting a little better in the group, I think. So for those of you who are familiar with D&D, I'm about to confuse changelings with doppelgangers and they don't realize it until after the conversation's over. Oh, well. They, in a campaign I used to play in, I played, I was a storm sorcerer who was like this really posh, like she grew up around rich people. And then the character got captured and presumed dead. After the session, the DM's like, you want to come back as a changeling? I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so the next thing, the characters, the other come back in to rescue me. They thought I'd been tortured. And so when I come back, I'm acting a little different. And what it was is he had set up a backstory for the changeling as it worshipped, um, oh, what is it? It's the god of like pain and torture. I forget the name. And so she's like wearing this new out, new armor that like has spikes on the inside and she's really emo and they're like, oh shit, she got edgelord <laughs> now that she was oh, tortured. Geez. I'm like, yeah. So I just played up this like she's this damaged person and really she's just a changeling pretending to be their friend. And I played longer as the changeling than I had as the original character <laughs> and they didn't even know. It's interesting because I hadn't played D&D for years and I started out playing this character. And I think when I made this character, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar, I guess, with the concept of really getting into role playing. Yeah. So since then I've gone and played other characters in these other campaigns, I've really like applied myself to it. Now I'm having to kind of go backwards and start applying stuff to this, this other character who's. More important, I guess, in the in the way that it's for an audience <laughs> instead of just yeah my my own amusement. So you, yeah, you wanted to have some personality if the people are going to be listening, right? My current character is an when well, she's not eleven anymore, a twelve year old girl who's a fallen ASMR and has a haunted one background. So she's like started out dark. <laughs> in my speech classes that I teach, 
when I talk about like how to like attention getters of beginner speech, like if I want to tell you about D and D, you know how I start? Every two weeks, I pretend to be an eleven year old girl. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> like, it's exactly. Funny. I got your attention. Our newest cast member, uh, she brought in a character that's a fallen Asimar with the haunted one background. It's a good combo. Yeah. It's like my my character is... She's come in and she just wrecks face everywhere. It's awesome. The, slowly, the other p- characters and players have found out my backstory. And it's like, my father was an evil wizard that experimented on people in the basement. I went in the basement once. It fucked with my head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah it's like that's where it came from it's a, my character is very weird she's trying to be good she's got a cleric level now oh nice she's trying to she's she wants to be able to resurrect her brother who died in the fight between her and her father but she's a little kid she doesn't know anything yet yeah she's like where where do we go when we die <laughs> which is fun in D to have that conversation oh definitely when when we don't even know in our own plane exactly we're gonna play it's a different right. plane in D D, there are rules for that but it's like right <laughs> The, these characters wouldn't know, you know. That's so cool. it's like we got to go figure it out. And so much, yeah. Now we're talking about D and D. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, in case you haven't seen it, listener, go watch it. Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, about a guy who is having his relationship with a woman erased from his mind. The problem is because they start erasing it with the bad memories of where the relationship went wrong. As they get farther back, he wants it, and he doesn't want them to erase it. Hilarity ensues. Painful hilarity. Oh, painful hilarity, yeah. This movie is so has so much to unpack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if you think about any relationship, every relationship's going to be hard. It mm-hmm. takes work, and if you look at where they are in the relationship, it really seems like they've gotten to a point where neither one of them is really working at it anymore. Right. And that's generally when a relationship fails. And all the stuff that he goes through, you almost feel like it could be handled in a good therapy session <laughs> with each other, like some couples counseling to remember, to really like get down and remember the good times again to yeah. find out why they love each other. Yeah. It's like you, that's when your couples therapist tells you to take like a dance class together, you know, or get a new house. Right. Something to, to reignite the fire or whatever. And then it's so awesome that somehow in all of that, they fall in love with each other all over again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like is this meant to be or or you know well that's that's what i love about the structure is that because it goes in reverse with their relationship you can see it's that point where they were happy suddenly he wants it he wants to keep this relationship i'm like no dude it's still gonna go the other direction eventually which is the whole point at the end of the movie do you think it does do you think it you don't think that they can take what they learn from this and and apply some stuff and hopefully make it grow. I th- I think the movie as it is does leave hope because they know what they did. They know what they have. They know what they don't like about each other and they could use that to go forward. The original ending of the script though, is that as like old people, they were still doing the same thing. Oh wow. They'd get in a relationship, erase it, get in a relationship, erase it, and just kept doing it over and over because <laughs> they couldn't get it together, which is very bleak, but also kind of funny. How brutal would it be to listen to those tapes? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or listen not to the, not to recording them, listen to the other person's tape about you like Oh. 
bare to your soul, no holding back because you don't, you're, you know, you're not going to remember or regret this tomorrow. Just saying. Right. And you have to be thorough because otherwise they can't erase them. Right. Just saying. So you have to say everything you think about that person. And you're in pain at that uh-huh. point because you wouldn't be doing this anyway if you weren't. So all the worst of it is coming out. There's no filter. You're just letting it go. And oh, like they can't, they have, so they're cool. very simple examples at the end of the movie. We're like, on his tape about her, he's saying, like, she she puts her hair on, like, a personality, you know? And he's like, no, I love your hair. And it's like, you could love it and still think it's a shallow thing that she does all the time, <laughs> you know? Right. It can be both, unfortunately. But in relationships, yeah, if you aren't working at it, then those things that you may have liked become things that are just always there and in the way. So when watching, I actually just watched this. I watched it today after work before we started recording. Oh, nice. And why do you think they put, what's his name in this? Uh, gosh, they said his name so many times. Patrick? And now I can't think of it. Yeah. Elijah Wood. Why do you think they added Patrick into this? Well, it's, it's an easy way for us to see scenes with Clementine in the present. We need to know that there's something wrong with her with a relationship erased. We need to see that this causes damage. Okay. I can get that. Because it's not as obvious with uh, Mary. Right. Because Mary is still very much the person she used to be and has built a brand new crush on her boss. Even though their 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 affair has been erased, she's now worked herself back into that space without even realizing it was ever erased. So we need to know that, no, this could do damage to you if it's part of what makes you you. It's interesting that with these two examples that were shown... That this is the first time they've had problems because they've, there's got to be other, either they're happy about the repeat business or they've got to have had to have realized that this isn't working as well as they thought, thought it was. Well, if, if we assume at the end that Mary has all of the files in her trunk, this business hasn't been actually operating that long. There is that. Yeah. Cause she's only got the two, the two boxes. I, I mean, I think the, I think it looks like something that has to have been streamlined a lot before that, but maybe it wasn't commercial. Or I think I argued in my blog when I wrote about this movie, it can't be commercial. They literally can't charge people money for it. Oh, because what do you put on the receipt? Right. <laughs> you could literally charge anything you wanted and they'd never remember it though. Well, right. But when they see it on their, like their bank statement, they're like, yeah. who the hell took thousands of dollars out of my account and for what? Like, no, we erased someone. You're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and there's also that. There's, like, no way that you could be as thorough as you need to be no. with stuff in the modern day where everything's digital. It, it would be impossible. I could see it being a good venue for, like, the the lady that's in the in the clinic when he goes in and she's mourning her dead animal. Yeah, because there's probably that, less that, there physically. Right. And it's it, she's probably the only one interacting with it. And she's already older, too. Well, there's so. even a nice idea to them. They're talking about like there's an emotional core to each memory. If you remove that emotional element, but maybe the memory stick around, it also could be a useful thing. It's kind of like therapy where you, you learn, you can grieve over a lost relationship or grieve over someone dying. And at a certain point, you still grieve, but you get used to the grief and you kind of are able to get along with your day. Yeah. And so if you like could just decrease the emotional aspect while keeping the memory, it'd be like therapy. Right. But it'd be faster therapy, which in America especially, but lots of modern society around the world, we would love that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I want to fix my psychological problems today. <laughs> today, right now, please. It's like, all I have to do is put a bag of stuff from my apartment and bring it here? I'm I'm in. Yes. <laughs> 
So what is it that the other guy that's in the clinic, what's he getting rid of? The one with the trophy. What do you think it is that he's wanting to delete? I assumed it was, I think, I forget if you can read the trophy, but I, I wasn't paying attention to the trophy this time. I assumed before that it was like, uh, maybe a child. I can see that. Like he had a, he had a child who was like a, maybe an athlete or something. And so, but they, something happened to him and there was an accident and they died. It was, in a way, it doesn't matter. You just have to see that objects matter. Right. Cause like, what are Joel's objects? A cup, some potatoes. A lot of drawings. Yeah. And drawings are going to be weird because, I mean, even at the end of the movie, he still has one. Right. But also, did her presence influence other drawings that were wasn't as obvious? Right. Because that's how art works. Yeah. Right? It draws from all of our subconscious and, and makes its way into these pictures that we put up. It's like, yes, this is a drawing of her, but that drawing over there is what it is because she suggested it. Or there's all these other ways that memories connect to each other. Right. Well, the reason I was asking about the the other people in the clinic yeah. is because he just gets such instant frontline access to this place. Well, yeah, and that's got to be like horrible, like for these other people. I think it's because they're a they're a young organization, and he found out the thing he wasn't supposed to find out. Yeah, so they're trying to make it right. So they're like, we need to deal with this right away. So there's no lawsuit. Just we'll just oh, fine. We'll do yours for free. Then we have Mark Ruffalo, his poor character. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's a great, his character has, I'm not sure he has much of a plot. I mean, he has this relationship with Mary that at the end of the movie could have been very different if he had been the one who erased her memory, but he says he didn't. Oh yeah. She, she would have been very upset with him if he had done it and then not said anything. Right. That would have been a much different ending. Otherwise he's, he's just the character who's there to keep everyone in, connect everyone else to the memory erasure. So there's he doesn't have a story. But he still seems like a good character. I definitely believe him when he says that he didn't do it because he was so upset at, at Patrick for going through and utilizing his, his new information yeah. to, to kind of woo uh, Kate Winslet's character. I had a thought on memory, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's the, the idea that um, like memory is you can only remember something once. Interesting. And then the second time you are actually remembering the memory of it. Oh, right, right, right. I've heard that somewhere before. You know, and so every time you think of something, it's altered but because that would affect all of these objects. That would affect, like he throw one of the things he puts in the bag is that stuffed skeleton that he's got. Right. Which that may have come from something entirely different in his life. And now he's missing it and doesn't know why. And the weirdest thing, the opening scene with him is he wakes up in blue pajamas that he bought yesterday. <laughs> he doesn't remember buying them. Right. You know how crazy that would be if you wake up in pajamas you don't own? <laughs> I'm calling the cops. I'm like, I'm checking if I have a scar by my kidney. It's, it's, it's such a weird, it, the reality of the movie is, is something that would be so amazing in a way and horribly fucked up. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it gets into like total recall territory yeah. there too, you know, like. <laughs> right. If you can erase memories, can I add memories? Yep. Probably. Can I take that person's memories? Probably. Could I insert those memories into somebody else? Right. Then you get into a modify memory spell from D&D. <laughs> it could be a whole new kind of therapy to just take those memories, put them in Clementine and have her understand his point of view so much easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or, or like you're not you're not dealing well with your breakup. Let me give you this memory of this person who broke up with someone twenty years ago. They're over it. Here's what that's being what that's like. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It puts it in perspective. Also, can you imagine having to unpack his 
I guess his tertiary relationship with the memories of her that he had in the erasing, you know, where he's, he's learning all this stuff and he's conversing with her and she's never actually had those conversations. Right. So back in the real world, when they start dating and he's like trying to bring this stuff up, she's like, what are you talking about? Well, and (laughs) that wasn't me. In a way, he might not be able to bring that up. She just got other memories of his erased. He doesn't remember probably the moment that his mother uh, caught him masturbating. Right. Because now they've erased that because he connected the memory to her. <laughs> and he doesn't re- he doesn't remember those kids bullying him. How much better is his life now without that memory? And so maybe he's a different person without those memories from his childhood. And Oh, that would be deep. It's so it's not it's not even like your relationships. It's you take a one little moment of your life and twist it. How much does it change everything else in connection to it? Definitely. I think it's interesting that they add in the relationship of his, is it his sister and her boyfriend or her husband? Uh, yeah, it's his sister and her husband. How they have their. Yeah, they're barely in the movie, but where they are, it's an interesting counterpoint to. Especially because their relationship is having problems. Yeah. Like they're obviously not in a great place, but they're working through it. They're not giving up. They're, you know, they're trying their best to keep holding on to whatever it is they have. But every time you're with them, they're battling back and forth mm-hmm. yeah they're fighting about something and yeah they they disappear from the movie for a while but then by the end of the movie we see them earlier yeah. <laughs> with the crush because now we're <laughs> back at the beginning of when he met clementine yeah and his sister's asking oh i saw you with a girl and it's like his sister and her husband are also in a slightly better place because their relationship yeah. backtracked in what we're seeing but even then she's like they're arguing about how he crashed the the plane and <laughs> yeah but you could imagine that there, there are people who have relationships like theirs and still end up married forever. Right. Okay? But you give the option to a race and then someone like Clementine, I love that she defends herself that way in Joel's head. It's like, I'm impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course she was going to do this if it, if it existed. Joel wouldn't. Right. Until he realized what she did. And then he's like, well, I'll do it too. So that yeah. at least I don't have to be in pain alone. Such a good movie. <laughs> it's like, I felt like when you first read, when I reached out to you this afternoon asking when you wanted to do it, I was a little emotionally drained from watching it. I had to like, <laughs> I had to take a little bit before I could talk about it. Yeah. I, I've watched, uh, when did I watch this one? It was just a couple nights ago. Yeah. I watched this movie right after Hearts Beat Loud. I don't know if you know what that is. No that's we'll, we'll talk about some me and someone else will talk about that in a later episode i forget who uh in a few weeks but that's about a father and daughter and the daughter's about to go off to college and then they they like as a hobby they write songs together but one of their songs gets on spotify and goes kind of big he wants her to make a like he wants to make a band okay with her but she's going to college and it's this really touching story about like being able to let go of someone and let go of things and then meanwhile in the real world one of my kids recently moved to Seattle and is gone. And I'm watching that and then watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with like relationship breaking up and all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm just deliberately making myself sad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently I like that. Yeah. As listeners would have heard with my Excel sheet last week, yeah. where I figured out most of the movies on this list have some sort of melancholy or sadness to them. I mean, they, they make movies like this because dealing with these kind of emotions through a, a third party like this through a movie or something can be so helpful to people. I mean. Oh, yeah. 
it's, it's therapeutic to be able to, you know, see emotions in other people and realize you're not the only one going through them or something like that. Even if they're fictional. Cause right. <laughs> uh, like in, I was a comm major in grad school. It's like parasocial relationships. It doesn't matter if something's made up. If you can relate to it, it's going to help you. Yeah. And so a fictional character going through the same thing as you is good. It's useful. And even if it's something you can only imagine going through, like with Ex Machina, you know, we haven't been through that. I'm not an AI, I don't think. <laughs> you don't think. If I am, the coders had a really good time writing in my childhood. Because <laughs> what the fuck? Right. That's that's what's great about Caleb's is his childhood has almost no detail to it. Right. They don't his parents care. died when he was young. He's a coder. That's about okay. all you know. <laughs> it's like, is that all he has to say, or is that all there is? I don't know. And did they make him a coder because it's easier for him to understand binary languages, or, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Give him some other hobby where you have to... No. Ah. Both of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Gosh. I powered through both of them in the last two days, and I couldn't be happier for it. <laughs> so... Then it comes down to sort of conclusion. Okay. Which one's better? Oh, I knew this was coming because I <laughs> listened to your episodes. Oh, I'm going to say for me personally, because the emotional involvement, Eternal Sunshine is. I'm, yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in that same place. Emotionally, it's Eternal Sunshine that's bothers me. With the density and even noticing new stuff last night, I'm, I think there's a potential that I could think Ex Machina is a better film in the long run. Right. I can see that. But next year, I'll be breaking down both of them minute by minute, and maybe they're both going to hold up as the top two. Who knows? <laughs> do them simultaneously. Uh, that's what I'm hoping, yeah, is do them like, I'll do them like Annihilation, where it's like one episode a week, and then just do them both at the same time. That's awesome. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, so I, I think, yeah. Were I to choose one that had to be on an island with me for the rest of my life, I'd probably go with Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, generally, if people, I don't like... Coming up with a favorite film list, I'm like, someone's like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh, shut up. I don't want to rate them. But if someone forces me to, I usually would offer Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or Adaptation, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago with uh, Eric, or Zero Effect, which I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks with Walt. And there's like these, there's these movies I know were in my top five. Yeah, this is one of those movies where, like you said- Then it gets weird. When it first came, especially when it first came out and I first saw it, this was definitely- when somebody asked me my favorite, yep, this is it. Turn mm-hmm. the spot yeah. is mine. And that's shifted a little bit, but. And watching it again, it still holds up the same way. It still hits. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it hasn't lost anything. Okay. That was an easy comparison then. So if I go forward and make a top 18 list, I've got the selection from this one. So one more time, Thomas, where can the listeners hear more of you? Sure, sure. Uh, Never Any Minute. Check that out. Uh, It's where we talk about Never Ending Story, one minute at a time. And then if you want to check out a pretty cool actual play D&D podcast, check out Crit Storm Cast. Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute, or find us in the Facebook listeners group, Cock and Bull Pub. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com.